So, welcome to a new episode of the New Cold Podcast. First well, one of the know. new year. Well, the first recorded one of the new year. Yeah, first. Well, it is, yeah, the first one of 2022. Oh, we 2022 now? Damn. Yeah. Dude, we back to, uh, we, we back to even numbers. We back in <laughs> lockdown? No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, we are. We back, uh, you know. I heard the we, we are back. What do you mean? Gyms are closed, everything's closed, malls 50% capacity, no more dining. We're, we're in lockdown. What do you mean? I don't, I don't got, I don't got enough money to buy workout equipment because I had to buy money. Stuff. I gotta buy money, dude. My, my like pull up bar is like outside my window, and it's like, you know, it's winter. You pulling up outside, they'd be like, they'll pull up on you. <laughs> oh no. You know, Quebec police, you know, they just they just start handing $10,000 fines if you just, like, outside your house slightly a little bit. Then again, I live in Quebec, so I guess I'm, bl- I guess I'm blessed. I don't know. But <clears throat> today we have a very eventful episode. Yeah, we, now, got a, we got an episode. Oh, oh boy. boy, we have a good maybe, maybe we'll save the, the, the thing you want to talk about till the end let's let's go with the stuff we have written down are you ready all right well first of all i want to talk about well it's a new year new you new everything i want to talk about how every year you know you make your you make your resolutions you do your thing and of course don of course i was talking about Dante earlier he was like yeah you know it usually fails because you know you're psyching yourself for the wrong reasons, but you know, I made my own. I make a resolution. I'm trying to make resolutions. I make resolutions all the time, but I'm well, trying to make a real thing. Yeah, like from from what I understand, right? I think it's the same. I think when you're trying to make a change in yourself, there are good ways to go about it, and there are bad ways to go about it, right? And some people always think, "Well, if you're trying to make a change, it shouldn't always be good." Some are more effective than others, right? It's kind of like this, right? The, the the reason why New Year's resolutions don't work is the same thing of me being like, let's say it's like the 15th of the month, and I'm like, starting next month, I'm going to start eating healthy, right? What's so special about next month that's different from the time you're in right now, right? And most likely, you're going to get to that month and be like, ah, maybe I don't feel about it, right? Feel like it, right? <clears throat> you're, you're, you're basically distancing something that you don't need to distance, right? If you want to make an immediate change in terms of like lifestyle, you can't put your you can't give yourself a lot of leeway or a lot of restrictions, right? But let's look at something like losing weight, right? If you want to lose weight, right? The first thing people will do is let me work out, right? Now, all an idea, but how are you going to keep up with that every day? No, 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 but the problem with that is like Anyone who does work out will tell you working out doesn't make you lose weight. It's your diet. Okay, okay, let me let me just eat fucking broccoli and chicken all day, right? But broccoli and chicken, you know, realistically, and, and even like a nutritionist will tell you this, if you want to lose weight, right, if you want to start lowering you know, start changing your diet, right? You can't have an immediate shift. And a lot of times changing your diet, like really abruptly can also not be that good for you either. Right. Yeah. My uh, friend was doing OMAD. You, yeah. you know what OMAD is, right? No, it's OMAD. Uh, one meal a day. Oh, okay. 
Oh yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like he started doing that, and he started having like massive anxiety uh, attacks all the time. Yeah, and... because of the shun shift in hormones, and it was like it. First of all, I did, he thought he was just he thought he was just stressed out, right? Yeah, like that's one thing I've heard. I've heard people who are like you know well overweight, like 300, 400 pounds. And they go to like a nutritionist, and you know they find out that their nutritionist is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you could still eat hamburgers, just eat less, right?" Because they don't want you to go from eating hamburgers. Like, let's say you're someone who eats, let's say you're someone who eats McDonald's every single day, right? Let's say McDonald's is the highlight of your day. You eat that every I single day, right? I can't imagine a life like that, but I don't know. Maybe that's uh, that's not. There, that's isn't not there like that it. like Big Mac guy who ate big a Big Mac every single day of his life? Yeah, I thought that was like a, I thought there was a documentary about a dude eating McDonald's every day, all super size. He, he's just yeah, well he's no 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 no. There there's actually like a guy who's eating one Big Mac for like I think at the time he was eating a Big Mac for like every day for like twenty years, but obviously now it's probably closer to like thirty. Um, I I couldn't imagine. All I'm saying is I just could not imagine. Yeah, no, but the thing is, like, if you were to if your diet consists of you eating McDonald's every day. Your 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 nutritionist isn't going to tell you to stop eating McDonald's, right? What they're going to tell you is, okay, because one, it's really hard to go cold turkey like that. What you need to do is start making like spe- like certain habits. So what they'll try gradual to do, changes, yeah. So what they'll generally tell you to do is, like, okay, if you eat it every day, let's try cutting it down to, you know, three four times a week, right? And to some people, like, oh, eating McDonald's three four times a week is bad still healthier than eating it every single day if you're getting a large fries okay maybe stick to a smaller medium instead of getting a pop try drinking water right and you can quickly see how okay you went from eating let's say every day you're eating a large combo large fries large drink now you're eating medium or small fry and you're drinking water you're not drink you're not drinking your calories Right, that's one thing they'll generally stand by is to try not to drink your calories. Water weight's a real thing. Well, it's not water weight; it's just drinking your calories, right? Like, well, I mean, yeah, that too. Like, yeah, drinking your calories weight. is like is like one of the worst things when it comes to obesity, right? People who are like, um, people who drink a lot of like sugary drinks or anything that have a lot of calories when you drink it is really bad because you're you can drink things without really understanding it right it's like if you're drinking it's like if you if like again if you get like a large drink at any fast food place and you get a refill right to you you're just sipping on it you're just drinking it but you're still in you know you're still taking in calories right versus drinking water which you know is a net is like a neutral like there's no calories in water water for life yeah, I, I know someone's gonna bring up like, well, actually, if you drink cold water, oh, I, mean, you know, no, no, I don't want to hear a well, well, actually, no, 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 don't, don't come with that actually stuff. It is or it ain't. No, no, people will be like, no, people will say like, well, actually, if you drink cold water, your body burns some calories. It's it's not significant enough to even mention it. I don't, I don't, no, I, I, I hate when people, but but actually, no, <laughs> just leave it alone. It's right. like I'm just talking about how the sun's free, and Neil deGrasse Tyson's coming to the mention and say, "Well, actually, you know, if it goes like this, I'm like, no, Neil, shut up." Like I think I saw something where it's like if you chew bubble gum for like an hour, you can lose like ten calories, right? I, and I'm like, dude, that that's so not even that's not significant. Yeah, it's like so it, it, like insignificant. You might as well just say it's zero. How you might? How about you just 
don't eat right. don't eat like second brunch <laughs> crazy idea right um but yeah no like i think when the, i think if you want to make a meaningful change with your life instead of doing a new year's resolution maybe start today and start small right you don't have to go into like you don't have to go like full throttle i have to go into this 100% well, I mean, like in my case, my resolution was something small, but yeah. you know, manageable, like keeping a daily journal. Mm-hmm. That's my my resolution that I've been trying to do, and I it's been fun. It's surprisingly fun. In fact, I, I like using a pen and a pencil. Yeah. More compared to just writing, you know, on a fucking keyboard, which is weird. So much faster and easier. I don't know why. I mean, dude, I used to, I, like for me when I was in. Yeah, well, I am. Well, like, yeah. When I when I'm in university, um, I don't use my laptop. I I just write all my notes. I have like notebooks after notebooks. Yeah, but that like that, this notes someone else is telling you to write. This is writing for yourself. That's the difference, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I get that. But I mean, like, it's for just me, the sense of liberation still... you just feel. I I can't explain it. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, like for me, I, I still I still like writing, right? Obviously, if it's not like I don't have a laptop, but I, I like writing enough that I'm I'm writing my notes down myself rather than, you know, because obviously writing on my laptop would be quicker, right? Like, you know, I can type over a hundred words a second. I can't, or not a second. I can type hundred words over a hundred words a minute. I can't write hundred words a minute. That's impossible. No, no, no. Of course not. But it's like when you're just going like stream of consciousness, it's much more fun. Yeah. But like I'm not talking about practicality, like that's not the issue here, right? It's about the experience, right? Mm. Like I like we all know that type there's a reason why we like have computers for fucking typing. Like it it, it is it is not liable to change how we process how we uh, we use how we process information or words. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Um you know, it doesn't change, but you know, this is my resolution and as for what I'm gonna do in that just do it the hell I want, but it's just a habit because you know it's it's a good record of things. You know, you get to you get to see what you did. Uh, you get to see how bad your handwriting is. Really, truly, my handwriting is god awful. Oh. I my mom my mom <laughs> first of all she ain't supposed to be looking, but she's like, damn, why? What did you learn a new language, sir? And I'm like, no, nah, ma, I didn't learn nothing. Hey, if it makes you feel better, there's a reason why doctors and lawyers have really shitty handwriting. Yeah, but I'm not making six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Don't worry, man. Hey, you know, if my, you know, they say the worse your handwriter, the more, uh, higher the figures your your paycheck will be. I remember when I was in uh, <clears throat> what grade was I in? I think I was in grade four or five, and my handwriting was so bad that my teacher made me like. I remember there was one day. I, I I actually I think I cried. Right? <laughs> Yo, why she dirt? Why she do to you? Dude, I it was like the weekend, right? And I wanted to go home, but my handwriting was so bad. She made me rewrite my work, and I was like, and "This was like a lot of work. This was like, this was a lot of work, right? Handwriting, rewrite, uh, make sure you rewrite <laughs> the whole fucking Harry Potter trilogy right in front of you." Yeah, because she, she she said my writing looked like chicken scratch, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's dirt." Yeah, you know, take it. Dude, I take just it. wanted to go home. Taken. I was there. I I remember the switch from them dropping cursive mid year, from the from the curriculum. 
Wait, when did you have to learn cursive? I believe I started learning it around grade four or three. But they should really? dropped it. That's we really just dropped... that's is that is that for is that for your is that for like your region or your city? I, I couldn't tell you. I I just assumed it was a public school problem. Oh, for me, I for like I'll say for like the TDSB, I think you learned cursive in grade one. I you gotta understand, bro. I'm retarded. <laughs> well, like for me, the thing is, I already knew cursive because like when I was like two or three years old, right? <clears throat> my my parents bought me like I had like a lot of stuff. I had like like education video games. I had like workbooks, right? So me going into school. I was already like pretty educated, right? Well, you know, home educated, right? <laughs> so, yeah. but I couldn't write. I couldn't do my handwriting was shit. <laughs> Yo, okay, like okay, okay that's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, man. I mean, I mean to be fair, when I was like, uh... if you're like an elementary, you're not supposed to have good handwriting. You could, you, you can. It's not expected. I, I, I still stand by it. The worse your handwriting, the better, and. I think I held my pencil really weird as like a kid. Um, I don't know. I, I I knew some people like said like you know I, you you hold your how I hold a pencil was like weird, right? People used to give me shit on the way I wrote my A's and P's because I'd kind of write them with like extra flourishes. Yeah. Like on the A, I'd put like a little curl at the at the end. I think my, uh, I mean, <laughs> anytime people talk about cursive, the me- the media thing I think about is like Russian handwriting. Have you seen Russian handwriting? I I look at I look at Cyrillic and I don't know how to read it. I couldn't. No imagine. no no no. Google right now Russian handwriting. I want, I want to see your first. No Russian. No Cyrillic. Yeah, I want to see your first reaction. Yo, what? <laughs> Yo, what? This is just squiggles. This is worse. <laughs> it's it's actually the craziest shit. It just you know you know when you just go up and down with a pen when you're just trying to cross something out. Hey, look at that! Look look what I just sent you. No, I'm bro. That's not right. What? That looks like they're trying to hide something. That's no. That's how they. That's how they do cursive. No, they're hiding something, bro. Dude, look what look what I sent you. That's that's cursive. This is cursed. This is not cursive. This is cursed. Yeah, and, I, and I, next time you next time you next time you you're writing down something in cursive, and you're like, "Yo, my handwriting is shit." <laughs> remember, remember how the Russians do it. I'm just, I'm just astonished. I'm, I'm in, I'm insulted. What happened to my brewski, boys? What, 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 what the? You know, I, okay. I look at like cursive Russian letters; they look fine, right? You know, I can see in action. In action, bro. It's it's not even. Uh, you you know when you just like cross the thing out with your pencil, you're just going up and down like that. Yeah. The squiggle. It, that's what exactly it looks like. Yep. I mean, all right. Uh, fuck. Well, you know, I've hit a stone wall. I've. Uh, I don't know what to say now. I. So resolutions are interesting, you know. If you're gonna make a resolution, start small and make it something you can keep up consistently, something mine, right? Because like this is just a this is an exercise that in habit building in general. Speaking of which, 
Uh, there's a great book about that called Atomic Habits. Uh, everyone should at least, well, not everyone. I don't know. It depends. I think people should give it a shot. It's a great book. Hmm. I think you've heard of it, right? What was the book? Uh, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you talked to me about it before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. Like, I I preach that book like a damn gospel, even though I don't follow it. So I'm, I'm just your average preacher. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think for me, um, <clears throat> if I want to build uh, a certain habit, I think you have to prioritize that habit, right? You need to make the things that you're doing kind of like result around it, right? Like, if you want to be healthier, you have to look at the stuff or the choices you're making that can, like, you know, help you, right? Because, like, sometimes to sometimes making a small decision can lead up to bigger effects, right? Like, for example, right? Um, sometimes if I want to practice piano, but I, you know, but I'm a little bit lazy, right? You know what I could do to kind of help myself? Yo, Jesse? What, what do you do? I'm curious. I'm, uh... Um... Well, let's say I'm watching a video. Sometimes it, you know, just enough for me to like just get my hands there. I put the my phone or iPad on the on the rest and just sit there, right? Because I'm I'm in I'm like I'm right there, right? So that little stuff, just me changing my position, just moving somewhere, has already put me in a position where it's I give myself a little bit more incentive, right? <clears throat> A different headspace physically, maybe. Yeah, right. Or like, you know, I think also like one thing that's like uh, notorious. People who like, let's say you eat chips, right? Like, I don't really eat chips, but like, let's say you're someone who eats chips or cookies or stuff like that. And you're eating it from the package. Realistically, you know, even taking stuff from the package and putting it in like a plate or a bowl even a small bowl can affect how you're, how you is, right? Like I've heard people see, say they eat, they, they're eating like a whole box of like cookies, right? What if they, instead of eating the whole box of cookies, they get a small plate and they put like, you know, three, four, five cookies on that, right? That's what they're eating. That, that, I, that's alone is generally enough to, you know, give yourself like okay. You know, because if you're going back for more, you're co- you're more conscious of it rather than the box being there for you, right? Or, you know, let's say, um, you know, let's say you need to walk more. Sometimes just going outside and taking those first steps kind of leads you into some direction, right? So I think. You no, know, uh, I was having a, an argument with my friend about that that very same idea, right? Yeah. Where it's like. The idea of making your bed, right, is like a simple habit to just reinforce you on like how to get yourself a bit more in order, right? Yeah. My friend was like, well, just making the bed won't make you just start fixing your fucking life. And I said, well, because like this was like a thing promoted in like uh, Peterson's book, you know, Jordan Peterson, right? Yeah. He was about like, yeah, make your fucking bed. Wash your balls. (laughs) (laughs) Wash your balls, make your bed, right? And I was arguing, well, it's about building the first, like, it's like, it's like, you know, like those networks in your mind to just get shit going, right? 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is, right? It's like, well, you know, maybe some people aren't smart enough to know that just making your bed, they'll just repeat that ad nauseum. And I'm like, that's still a marginal improvement. Maybe naturally they just automatically will move towards a different way. Yeah, like sometimes it's not even like, like even for making your bed, right? I think it's like maybe maybe you could start up just like readjusting your pillow. Once you, once you get out of bed, just readjust your pillow and then just, you know, put your just, you know, just pick up your sheet, right? And maybe maybe your bed doesn't look the best, but maybe it just looks like okay. At least someone, at least someone tried. At least some. It looks like someone at least tried, right? Like they didn't put it nowhere, right? Maybe after two weeks, you're like, okay, you know what? This takes literally like twelve. Like, because realistically, how long does it take to make your bed? It takes like, it's so it's so insignificant. I used to make like, my bed every single day. I'm sloppy about it, but like it takes me fifteen seconds. Yeah, like I used to make my bed every single day. Right now, you're probably wondering. Used to do I still? Nah, no, I leave that. I leave. I left that behind. I don't know. I, 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 I again. I'm, I'm someone. I'm, I'm like. I, I'm, I'm someone who like. I read a lot of articles, right? And I think I've seen where it's like, it's pointless. Like, I, I think because making your bed is only to make your room look nice, right? And it does make your, 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 your room look nice, right? But I think the fact that, like, my equipment I have and my bed are in the same place, I'm going back and forth to my bed so repeatedly, that doesn't really mean anything. Um, I think I was if I was in a position where, like, I had a bedroom and then I have, like, an office, then I would make my bed every day, right? I think when your bed and the, I think where the place you sleep and the place that you do your work, you're in the same place it's less incentives because you're going to go into it multiple times a day. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, like, like, like I was saying, or like you were saying too, like, yeah, I, I think, I think people, I think people underestimate like how big of an effect just doing one small thing can like help. It, right. It snowballs is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Like maybe you know maybe if you're a smash player and you smell bad maybe just go to the tub and turn the faucet maybe that's enough. <laughs> maybe you should smash play if you stop uh, spending time. Maybe if you just like start looking at regular women, maybe you won't. Uh, maybe you won't message minors as often. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, kind of an old joke, but uh, if he made it, I can make it. <laughs> Well, I, I was just talking about them smelling bad. I was well, I, I, I had to do the other obligatory uh, Smash players comment. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I think another thing, too, it, it, it's okay to do things in pieces. You don't need to do everything at once. Yeah, it's okay to break the law bit by bit. <laughs> okay, not that. that was, uh, no, 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 sorry, I'm sorry. I just had to... right. Like, again, I was going to say, like, let's say your room is, like, dirty. Let's say you have a shitty room. Let's it's say dirty. Room. It's filthy. It looks Maybe... like... It's like your homeboy comes. It's like, damn, man, you live like, <laughs> bitch, you live like this. Damn, bitch, you live like this. I was gonna say, may- maybe doing one thing, just one thing at a time. Just, just, just do one corner, one part, one section, for now, and then you can do whatever you want. And then you know, next day or ne- next week, you know that section's still good. Let me clear this section, right? 
I think just just you can do things in parts, right? I think people need to be okay knowing that they don't need to go do everything at once. People don't need to, like I said, same thing with the diet. You don't need to go from eating McDonald's every day to eating going fucking keto or on a vegan diet, right? Um, just small things, just small things. But yeah, I think that's. Uh, I guess that was our section on New Year's resolutions. Uh section man sounds way too segmented that way. Now, switching over to something incredibly relevant and something that just aggravates me deep to my soul. Wait. Uh, well, let's go with the other topics. Cause... Of course. Uh, I, I did. Of course, I don't want to be mad yet. It's a good, good idea. <laughs> um, okay. So, the next thing I want we will be we're going to talk about are uh, innovations in uh, video games. Innovations? Innovation is a word that makes me think like, man, we're always on a chain on the up and up. But it's like for video games, I feel like getting diminishing returns in terms of how much like leaps are we making, right? Like, like seventies to eighties to nineties to tw- like the, the new ten. I know the, the new, new tens, the new millennium, the neo tens, the new tens. No, but like every decade in gaming, you see like a massive leap, right? I mean, monumental leap in hardware and, like, what the technology is doing, right? Yeah. You know. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know if we have any Zoomers in our audience or maybe when they stumble upon this episode somewhere down the line, right? But, like, you understand, like, 70s, we all we had was Pong, right? And fucking just these little... I'd say I hesitate to call them pixels, right? No, they're still pixels. And you, you, you would have to tell me what they wouldn't be. <laughs> I look at ET the video game. And I'm like, well, that's I don't know how that's ET. Yeah, I just like the story with ET how they just like buried it in the landfill. See, I don't know. See, people say that's a myth, but I don't honestly, honestly. Someone no, someone actually went there. I, I, I think I saw a video where someone actually like went there and and they actually buried them. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look. I, I remember. I'll, I'll look for the video, but um, I'm pretty sure it's true. I don't doubt that necessarily, but then you go to the '80s. You got Nintendo only that decade with 8-bit genre, like you know, shit that like was fundamental to gaming was made in that like era, right? Yeah. You know, then you go to the '90s where we start getting like more complex, colorful art with sometimes more like various degrees of complex things. You know. This was the generation where, like, the JRPG was really officially formalized, where stories started getting a little complicated. Music was staying pretty Wait, complex. JRPGs are just RPGs in general. Well, I'm just talking in the console sense. Okay. PC gaming, like, that, that's, RPGs, whole, that's a whole lineage I don't know about. Like, I don't know about Ultima, Wizardry, and all that stuff. I know that stuff's oh, yeah. old. Right? No, no, I, no. Cause you, you said JRPGs, and I'm like, damn, man. It's just, if it ain't Japanese, it was, it was RPGs were. Where they weren't real. They was they was not they were they was never real. <laughs> like I never played Ultima, I never played Wizardry. Like I appreciate or uh, King is it King's Tale or Bard's Tale? Not uh, sure. Whatever. Like that that stuff is very fundamental, but I don't have the knowledge for that. So this is what I can speak from just from a console guy. Like oh. I've always been a console <clears throat> guy. Like I don't have an understanding of the PC market. So so would you be saying are you saying that like they're that we have gotten less innovation? I'd say, like, we're getting less... Like, we're making less major leaps, right? You know? 
In the nineties, mm-hmm. we had developed three D graphics. To jump to two, like the jump to two D to three D is humongous. Like uh, I can't overstate how massive that is. Well, uh, like I would, I would say this, right? Um, I think when we look at the word innovation, right, it, we have to kind of understand like necessarily how it's used and what it is, right? Like when I was thinking of this topic, I was thinking about like Risen games, right, and how. Rhythm games are probably some of the most unique things in gaming, right? But you never really think about them. You never think about like how like it's you know extravagant their uh, their controls are, or like how different they they are from each other, right? A lot of times people think like, oh yeah, it's a beat game. I I know what it is, right? But like, but do you know? <laughs> it's like it, when we think about like old like old beat games. It's always been okay. You know, press this button, match it with the beat, right? That is just what the genre is. That's that's just a genre, right? That doesn't really lead to anything, right? But when we look at like rhythm games as a whole, it's not like when we're looking at let's say like Call of Duty and then we look at like Halo where they're both FPSs, but they're very different. They're very different games, but they're both FPSs. And generally, they have universal controls, like running, crouching. Universal controls was like, something that a long time to get ironed out, surprisingly. Yeah, right. But like when we look at um, Rhythm games, they're pretty much no universe. There, there's nothing that really connects one to another, right? two rhythm games can deal with the same song completely different and that's what i was thinking like when we look at something like um like okay like 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 the the classic dance dance revolution right you have arrows and you have a sound right but it's kind of weird too right because like what do arrows have to do with music what what does direction have to do with music it's just random it just depends on what they decide to put there right uh yeah it, it it seems random but there is a method to the madness there's a method to the madness right but it's like the difference from one sound being a left and one sound being an up there's no there's no real concept to it right it's just how they choose to do it right and you know we have dance Dance revolution right and then you look at another very popular you know beat game that is very different completely different which is os or osu right osu you have a mouse and you have you know your buttons that you press right and you can use a drawing tablet which is the most popular way to do it and you know this time there's technically only one there's only one thing that connects what you're doing to the sound right yeah so but yeah then you know and i and i showed you some other stuff like and I even sent you the video, right? Like, it's crazy how different rhythm games are. And I, I think, and like my, I guess my own thing, like, I felt like rhythm games might be the genre that has like the most innovations for the genre. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I only know, I don't know that. I, that's a genre I have so little experience with. Yeah, same. But like when I sent you the video, it was like. 
it was like 11 minutes of a bunch of different machines that are have no similarities to each other, right? That go off very different concepts, right? And I think it's because the Rhythm games are so basic in what they are that you generally do have... You, you, you generally have more freedom because it's so simple. I'm thinking, like, just the fact that, like... Actually, you know, since you're talking about rhythm games and how diverse they are, I was going to say, like, around the 90s, like, like that's when games really exploded in diversity. Can we say that? Because uh, that's when the rhythm genre emerged, I'd say, around that time. Maybe. I mean, I don't know necessarily the history of, like, rhythm games, but when I look at that genre and everything in it, like... It's you, you. It's kind of rare to see someone say like, "I play rhythm games." Generally, you see people say, "I play this game that happens to be a rhythm game," right? Sometimes you'll see someone who plays, you know, one or two, right? But it's like, in a lot of times, or in many cases, because the skills in rhythm games are so vastly different, it's not like if you're good at Call of Duty, you're gonna be good at Halo, right? It's not really. It's not really an argument, right? Like, there's going to be things that you're going to have to get used to, but a lot of things are going to be very universal, like how it controls, like I said before, and how movement is, right? I have been able to play pretty much any, you know, any um, FPS and have generally relative, like, basic skills, understanding of how it's going to go, right? I'm not, it's not like you go from one FPS, PS and you're really good and you go to another one and you're complete shit, you might go from one that you're, you know the systems, you know how it works, you're really good and you go to another one and you're like, you know, you're, you're okay and then you, you start getting back to speed and stuff like that, right? It's kind of the reason why when you see a lot of like pro FPS gamers in games like uh, CSGO, Call of Duty, Valorant or whatever, you can see that they they have like an FPS background in another game, right? But when you look at Rhythm games, because they're so different, they have different, you know, skill sets that you need, and you don't really, um, you don't really uh, see any. You don't really see people playing multiple ones because it's like, yeah, relearning an instrument, right? It's completely different because that's what a controller is. A controller is just an instrument. Yeah, I I, I suppose I have to agree in that. I was gonna say, like, you could argue you should use fighting games for like an example, of, like transferable skills is like a better example. <laughs> uh, I'm wrong. Uh, like I understand there's a fighting like, well, games aren't. They, this the thing with fighting games. There are more universal concepts in FPSs than in fighting games. In terms of like controls, actually, in, con in terms of a lot of things, right? Because, yeah, like okay, like okay, like you said, right? Fighting games. Fighting games have had a ton of innovations, and I would argue some innovations are worse than others. Some innovations are just some innovations people hate. Right, but that became like the standard. Right? I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. Right, but I mean, reason... like, um, like for example, okay, I, like I watched this video on Third Third Street Fighter Three, right? Yeah. Like this was like the This was like the sequel to like the successor to like Street Fighter Two, like one of the biggest like fundamental fighting games ever, right? Yeah. So like at the time, it was viewed as kind of a nothing game. Weirdly enough, surprisingly, it was viewed like not favorably, but now today it's like a classic, right? 
Well, Third Strike is not all the Street Fighter threes are. Only Third. No, no. Oh yeah, my bad. Street Fighter as it gradually improved throughout its various iterations, right? You know, even Street Fighter Two, the feature that it was known for, like, was like it was a glitch, but that became standard to uh, the gameplay in itself, right? Yeah. Innovation is a weird thing because, like, how it occurs is never how you expect it to, right? Yeah. Well, like I was gonna say with like um, fighting games, right? Um, things that would be like universal would be like, hmm, like certain concepts, right? Like disadvantage state, advantage state, right? Which aren't necessarily unique to fighting games, but you know. Right. When is it your turn? Neutral. Right. Footsie. Stuff like that. Generally, really universal. Right. But Street Fighter is a six-button fighting game, which is going to play very different from, let's say, a game like Blaze Blue, which is a four-button fighting game. Right. Is Tekken a six-button fighter? Uh, Tekken's a four-button. Oh, okay. Right. But even though Tekken is a four-button, Tekken's also a three D fighter versus, um blaze blue which is a 2d fighter right but the problem with tekken is tekken is goes off one two three four versus blaze blue that goes off a b c d d being the drive move which acts very different for every single character right um versus street fighter where it's punch it's like light punch medium punch heavy kick and then you have guilty gear which is a five button fighter right and then you have virtual machine you have um you have a virtual fighter, which is a three button fighter, and you have you have um. What man, is... <laughs> I tried virtual fighter. Man, that shit's weird. Virtual fighter is hard. Virtual fighter is it's it's hard to play because there's so many overlapping things, right? And uh, like when I was playing it, like I did not know what the fuck I was doing because like like on Yakuza they will have like uh like arcade versions of like virtual fighter one or two, I believe. Yeah, and it's like, man, this game. Is really different because, like, you you think, oh, because it's three D, I can play it like tech. No, no, you cannot. No, no, no. There, there is like, like the the. I think that's a misconception that like you, like the reason why fighting game players love fighting games is that it, they are very different from each other. You you can go from you can go from one Street Fighter to another Street Fighter simply because they're gonna have the same buttons. You can't go from Street Fighter to Tekken and expect to have the same skill in Tekken. Like, certain things are going to be universal, like how you block or defense, stuff like that, right? But how the game handles certain things, like how they handle punishes, wake up, all this stuff are going to be very, very different, right? The reason why I would say FPSs are generally a better example is that FPS games are reaction time. They're a reaction-based game. There are going to be strategies about it. Really, the only thing that's going to be different is movement, and like movement, right? So movement is like speed of which a character move, jumping, jumping height, do they float, do they fast fall, stuff like that, right? You know, what abilities are in the uh, game so are, just, could, uh, are just... Like, feel back a little bit for the audience in case they might not know? Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the diff- like the thing is with, like, FPSs, you don't have to worry about too much stuff, right? No, that's true. Right? I mean... Because every FPS game is going to have a shoot button. Every character is the same right unless they have an ability or they have a certain like hit i mean certain weapons can change the like you mean like this certain yeah weapon, like don't get me wrong weapons can change but 
it's very rare that you see a weapon or a certain type of weapon that's in one shooter that's not in the other, right? Like yeah. energy weapons are in a lot of shooters. They might not be in all, but they're in a lot of them, and generally they act very similar to each other, right? Versus, like, you're going to have machine guns. You're going to have weight differences, you know? A pistol generally going to make you, or a knife is going to make you run faster than holding a shotgun sometimes, right? Shotguns act the same. Machine guns act the same, right? But in fighting games, right, you have characters that are charge characters that aren't going to act like charge characters in another fighting game. The charge mechanics are still there, but they're not all, they're not going to be there, you know? They're not necessarily going to play the same, right? But for guns, guns are going to be in you know, you would have to find me a, a FPS that has a gun so unique that has never been done before, right? The Needler. The Needler? No, there's guns like that. What? Give me another gun like that. Um. Well, in Call of like you're talking about the Needler from Halo. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The the in that, Call like, of Duty, they, had the crossbow, on they had the crossbows that literally had like the same like crosshairs and just same everything. It's not as, about like, the crosshair. It's about the fact that the gun like functionally does not function like a regular gun like you should a gun that homes in and then like when a bunch of another when enough shots connect it causes an explosion it's pretty crazy no there's uh, i can tell you there i've played games where yeah there there's stuff like that right like i'm trying like in terms of like how the gun feels like bullet distance and all that stuff i would say that the crossbow in black ops 3 is very similar to the needler but in terms of a gun that I, I, no, but the, neither's not a precision weapon. A crossbow is a precision weapon. Uh, well, I'm I'm talking about like how it feels, right? Like I understand what you mean, like precision stuff. But in terms of like a gun, because you're saying a gun that homes in and when it hits enough, you know, it hits enough of its target, it explodes, right? Yeah, like the crossbow is a one shot, one kill usually. No, no, it is right. But I'm talking about like how the bullets feel and how things are like that. The projectiles themselves are very similar how it feels, right? But in terms of, like, the Needler, I, I there there have been, like, that concept of after a certain amount of, like, shots intaked by the enemy and then an effect happens, I've seen that in other games, right? And sometimes it's not an explosion. Sometimes it's it could be a poison effect. Sometimes it could be a status ailment, yeah. right? But I mean... in terms of, like, I shoot this many times if something happens. Has been done in, in games. Um, I get that, but the combination the of it, too, like what's homing, it, has also been done. It, it, the fact that this gun is like kind of weird inside, like you never get kills with just the needles itself. Like it's the explosion that always kills. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it, it's a strange gun, all I'm going to say. It's, it's a, a very strange gun. It's a strange gun, right? But I would say how the gun feels is not necessarily unique but how the gun works within function yeah how the gun functions at its core is gonna be unique to halo right but how it feels into someone who has like used a similar gun in terms of how it looks like on the screen how the like how it the projectiles shoot out isn't necessarily gonna be unique does that make sense yeah, I agree what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Uh, you mind if I bring it back to the topic of... Um... Innovations? Yeah, yeah. So, well, this this still is an, an innovation. It yeah, is, but like, I was going to talk about the fact that like, during this period, like, since we're talking about diversity of games, right? 
Well, I'm not talking about diversity. I'm talking about innovations. Well, in like, like like innovation is represented through like the wide variety of different things, right? Yeah, and that's what I meant. Like innovation is like really weird, right? Like you, you there could be an innovation in like a game mechanic, right? Like, you know, what was the first game to add currency, right? And look how currency has been, right? Games that have free markets, their own economy, right? Uh, game... Well, like arose in the two thousands. Would you? Would you? Actually, no. Nineties. Um. Right. Um. You know, another innovation, or like if we're if we're looking if we're looking at game or like a modern innovation in games, um. You know, battle royales. Transactions. Huh. Microtransactions. No, no, no. That's been a, it's been here for a long time. Uh, like, battle royale battle royales pretty it's it is it is an innovation right like i know we were like it's oh it started with minecraft hunger hunger games right and the, the the here's the thing with that argument right it minecraft hunger games was very different from how battle royales are now right it, it, like yeah, like when i when i first heard that argument i was like i agreed with it but then now i'm kind of like nah. it, it was very different like minecraft like minecraft hunter games was more of like a, a manhunt kind of thing i mean the idea of battle royale though was like definitely passed on through there well, don't don't people always talk about like the battle royale movie? Because that's what that's what battle royales were based off of. There was a yeah, like, there was a movie the called first battle iteration Royale. of battle royale was the Hunger Games in Minecraft. The idea of poaching for weapons and then like hunting all the players to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but if which by the way, like I'll I'll make it straight. Up. I'm not a battle royale fan. Yeah, well, I was gonna say like if you look at how battle royales are done, right? If we compare battle royales or what was popular of battle royales and we compare it to minecraft it, it's very different right because like when minecraft 100 games you you kind of everyone kind of starts in like a central hub and then they run right and then they scavenge right versus now it's kind of like everyone just kind of jumps from a fucking plane and right it's 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 always some plane or some aircraft and then you fall and you, everyone has different. Yeah, you descend right? upon like, the different points. Yeah, but that's kind of universal in every battle royale, rather it be an FPS or not, right? Which Minecraft Hunger Games didn't have, and also Minecraft Hunger Games had a lot less like players. It was generally I mean, I think the point small. is like the Hunger Games was trying to copy the Hunger Games format, while Battle Royale was trying to go more off the the battle royale movie. Yeah, yeah, right, and that's what I mean, right? It's kind of, I think it's, I think now. Like again, when a long time ago, I kind of looked at it more like that. I'm like, oh yeah, it it did, but now I feel like maybe we should just look at the Hunger Games as like the Hunger Games and Battle Royales as a Battle Royale because like, it's like we're trying to be technical, but one clearly represents one and one clearly represents the other, right? Us calling like the Hunger Games, right? Like Hunger Games, yes, it technically is a Battle Royale, right? But I feel like because Minecraft was really based off that, maybe we should just call that genre Hunger Games or something. Because again, like I do find like it is really different. I from... mean, you could argue that's a subgenre of the Battle Royale rather than like a main thing. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. Uh, well, speaking of which subgenres, like I, 
you might have to get back on the whole like decade by decade innovation, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I see like a lot of things that define gaming as they are fundamentally emerged in different eras that we just don't take notice of, right? You know, a lot of household names are forged in like different eras. It's hard to believe that like things that we take for granted were forged in a time that we don't understand now. Like COD, maybe like every day, but it started in the 2000s, right? Hmm. You know? It's it's going to be almost 20 years at this point, right? Because I believe the first COD was two, in 2003. Wait, is COD a subgenre? <laughs> well, the FB, well, no, well, not a subgenre, but like talk about the fact that like, like one genre had different takes on the different sort of interpretation, right? Because like eventually boomer shooters got left behind, but like we we evolved more into more like modern shooters, right? Mm. You know, I I think the fact that oh, during the nineties we had like fucking fighting games every year, like ten, I believe. Capcom would put out fucking ten fighting games in one year. I remember, right? Would they? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I remember like looking at like a chart and I was like, ten fighting games, holy, well, moly, right? Uh, what I was gonna say is with Call of Duty, I think Call of Duty's like, in terms of something that is generally like very, something that is very like, okay, you know what, we can give the credit to Call of Duty for this one was probably like the Nazi zombies. I think that's like th- how they did zombies and how it was like, you know, you kill zombies, you get money, you open doors, you you open a more than map. Their take of the horde mode probably was one of the most interesting to date. Yeah, and and when you look at how elaborate zombies are, and then how there are games just solely based off like the Call of Duty zombies, like saying like Dead Island was, I'm like from what I've heard, Dead Island literally was just trying to be Call of Duty zombies, but like uh, its own game. No, fuck, you just reminded me of one of my most least favorite games. Yeah, no, but there's so many zombie games now that literally just were made because Call of Duty Zombies was such a big thing and how they did it, how they decided to do it, you know. Well, remember like I remember the early like t- t- 2010s, there was just a bunch of Dead Rising mm-hmm. you know, all these zombie games. I know Left 4 Dead was like 2008, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like Zombies was just like in the consciousness for like that period of time, right? Yeah. Right, but I mean, you can argue they were just copying media from like movies and shit. But even then, like, there was a whole zombie thing we had going on for a while. Yeah, yeah, but that was that was like one thing that, like, that was one thing. Do you with... think? Uh, do you think sometimes trends drive innovation? Yeah, it, it, well, yeah, I think any anything where you see a lot of people, you're gonna see innovations because. That, we're humans, right? Humans are different. Humans are going to do different things, right? And people, someone's going to discover something or find something or create something that's going to cause like a ripple effect, right? Um, right. And and the reason why I brought up zombies is because like when you look at Call of Duty from Call of Duty One to Call of Duty Four, it was just an FPS game, right? But zombies was the first time where we we're like, let's add something to it. And World at War, it was a uh, World War Two. Obviously, it's a it was a World War Two, um, on you know World War Two uh, Call of Duty game, right? World War Two, the, the Nazi zombies, right? And there were like it, it was so infamous for the the Nazi zombie thing that it took so long for them to move away from Nazi zombies and just being zombies. Was uh, Black Ops Nazi zombies or just not as uh, zombies? 
which Black Ops? Black Ops One was still Nazi zombies. What about the? Because game? it was the cold. It was, the thing is, it was the Cold War, but the story, because like the original Nazi zombies had like characters, because there was a story, and the each DLC would come out with a new uh, Nazi zombie. Uh, part like a new map with oh, yeah. a new lore, yeah. right? So yeah. the characters that we got for Black Ops were the original characters from World at War, which basically means that we got, you know, Nazi zombies, right? They were dressed up like they were part of the SS or whatever. It was Nazi zombies. And it wasn't until probably like uh, I don't even know, but a long time before we really got away from the Nazi zombies. I mean, was, was... they tried with the JFK DLC, which was still the best one, by the way. Dude, they had fucking Eminem on that. <laughs> I like the JFK one where there's a scene where, like, just fucking, like... No, I love that one. Nixon was like, someone's breaking in. It's And it's fucking JFK is like, it's just the storm, dick. Sit down. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, they also... And then, like, uh... when the zombies buzz through, it's like, uh, Nixon's like, oh my god, holy... Holy shit, right? And yeah. then J- J- JFK's like, zombies. Dude, zombie, dude, zombies was crazy, right? Like, even going back, I remember, Bro, I, like, <laughs> I, I remember how, like, um, I was going to say, I remember how, like, DLC was handled. Because DLC dropped at the same time for everyone, right? And when Black Ops 2 came out, right, um, they came out with Shangri-La, right? Which was, I think, the third DLC for Call of Duty. Uh, black ops 2 and i remember being up at like 4 a.m because that was a thing you wake up as soon as the dlc comes on you wake up you go on zombies right because you want to be on the, the leaderboards and i remember i got to play it no one knows anything right we're just trying to figure out things um and i remember the group i got with i think remember this like we started playing at like 4 a.m in the morning because that's when the dlc came out for like toronto and we got to like top 1k in the world right because it was fresh, but that's just how it was. Like, as soon as like zombies was such a big thing. Like the first thing you do when DLC drop, go straight into zombies. Honestly, I, it cheesed me how like people wanted like like when whenever I'd like go over a friend's house, I had to fight for the right to play zombies. Really? Because like they were just like let's play multiplayer, so I had to beat someone's ass in like a gun game. And mind you, I suck at COD. Yeah. Uh. I had to beat this man's ass in fucking in mind you, he beat my ass several times just for the right to play zombies. This is Black Ops three, I believe. And then it says uh that's only online only. And I was like, motherfucker. It's just the storm dick. It's just a storm dick. Sit down. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I forgot yo, Fidel Castro was in it too. Yo, bro, you had and you had the other dude who's just like a fucking I mean, I guess he's cool too. Yeah, ah oh, man, I, I, I honestly, you know what? COD doesn't, you know, COD doesn't get enough like uh, appreciation. But like zombies, I feel like zombies was like the one thing that people like no one complained about. Uh, if anything, zombies was just the golden boy. It never got shit, dude. They they were like, look at Syndicate. Like Syndicate channel was literally just based off zombies. Like yeah, Syndicate, <laughs> Syndicate, <laughs> Syndicate did a lot, especially the wings. <laughs> no, but like, dude, that whole beef started because Wings was like calling him out for just being a zombies YouTuber, basically saying you wouldn't have any gun skill, and then he fucked him. 
I mean, to be fair, Wings was talking out of his own ass. Bro, I hate watching that VOD because, like, the fucking ping of messages cheeses me. Dude, you know what's crazy, though? And it's funny that we... I, I think that's one thing we don't think about, like, old achievements. You know, at one point, Syndicate was the most subscribed, like, channel on Twitch. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Where is Syndicate these days? Well, he's just rich, but, like... It's crazy to think. Like, we, we always hear about, like, accolades, like, now. Like, this person broke this, right? Like, Syndicate had the the world record for the most subscribers on Twitch because of zombies. Like, it, it's funny we're talking about it now, but, like, you know, back... Yeah, like, zombies was fucking massive. Um... What about a, or what about like look what about a like what about a genre that we both like are like we we both like RPGs or JRPGs, right? What what innovations do you think you see in JRPGs? I, I'd say I'd say it was like the fact that like the, bro the diversity of JRPGs is so high that it's just like there's some things you can't even go through, right? You yeah, know? but th- there are some there are certain things that you 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 see carried on from one to another. Right, like you can see the influence, or like you can like say, "I know where this came from." Yeah, right. I'd say the tropes and the very foundation of the Japanese RPG. You got the party, right? You got the crew. They have very distinct personalities. There's always a complicated plot, right? I'm gonna say a game title, and you're gonna be like, "Oh fuck," because you know, you know, every time something similar comes up, you're like, "Oh, Breath of the Wild." God, why you gotta bring it up every time? <laughs> but Breath of the Wild was innovation, right? Like, yeah, it is innovation, and it, 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 it has spawned like literally its own ga- like other games similar to it, right? I remember when Sonic Genshin is falling, out. fucking Sonic's like, oh, wow, well, I guess I'll do one too. Wow, no, but there were so many yeah, games that literally my... were like, yo, right. I'm gonna take your whole flow. Even when Genshin Impact came out, people were like, yo, it's gotcha Breath of the Wild, right? Uh, obviously it's it's not, but that's kind of how it was seen at the start. But Breath of the Wild, base like Breath of the Wild, all basically made its own kind of subgenre, which is crazy. I mean, that's how it happens. Like, I remember when it, there's this like Ubisoft made their own fucking version of it with like Greek gods and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like, it literally spawned like other games. And I was like, why would I play this over Breath of the Wild? Just, just, just a thought, right? Yeah. You know, it's just gonna be a Ubisoft game with Breath of the Wild dressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I, I, I think, I don't think, yeah, I don't think innovation in video games have slowed down. I, I think innovation in, in video games is just a little yeah, bit more yeah. realized, right? Like, because because when you're talking about innovations, I feel like you're talking things more in a technical sense, like going from two D to three D. Change that, that controllers, right? A lot of things, like for example, like you know, the, we did the game had the first cutscenes. Guess the game with the first cutscene. Yeah. Um, you'll um, never guess it. I feel like I've heard it, but I, I don't. What is it? It's okay. Guess which era, though. Which era? Yeah, which era of gaming you think uh, it was from? Mm, what would the eras be? Like, are you talking? We'll, about we'll go. We'll go by decades. We'll go by decades. Which decade do you think it first showed up in? I'm gonna guess like 1990s. No, 80s. You know which game it was? What? Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden. Oh, okay. Or are we are we counting like those like text like those text box? That's technically a cutscene. Oh, okay, if if, if if that's what you meant by cutscene, I, I then I would have probably said the 80s, right? But if you meant like something like cinematic. 
then oh, yeah. I would have probably. Funny, funny thing is, the first cinematic game I could say would like without a doubt MGS. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, I was gonna say the thing. I was gonna say I was gonna say Metal Gear Solid. Right. See, that, see, that, I guess like that's kind of what more uh, well, thinking about. But I was like, you are right, but not in the like. But like when it comes to like fundamentally, that was like the most raw form of a cutscene to date. Yeah, I, I still find it funny that the original Sonic. The, the when they said Sega that had more that took a more memory than the actual game. See that's 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 the struggle of innovation. That, that Jeff, was funny as hell, bro. That, you know, so Japanese developers like it was gonna take up double the hard space. Do it. Or the the dude the the fucking Game Boy had more technology in it than the fucking rocket that sent people to the moon. You're fucking joking. No, no, it's true. The the Game Boy. Had more it was had more sophisticated technology, right? It was more technically advanced than the rocket that sent people to the moon. I mean, I can get it due to. Uh... See, this just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. There's no, there's no way you can put it to where it to make sense. You know, it reminds me of like how in Fallout, like in that universe, they never developed a microchip, so that's really why computers are like fuck off huge in that universe. Yeah, I, I still find it funny that they, they were like, yo. Um, I mean, like, man, there's like, there's, there's so many videos on like old YouTube about how games innovate and shit, right? Hmm. The tropes, the techniques, the styles, right? Yeah. You know, you know, like '90s game was wild. Even 2000s, like in terms of like the vastness of the genres, like how the fact that shit was just weird, right? Yeah. Like any any 3D Mario game, you could never say it was the same game. It did. It, it, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't right. Like the only one you could argue was like Mario Galaxy Two. That was it. Yeah, but that's that's, that's different. There, that, that literally has like a sequel, right? But if you're talking about like, even if we're talking about like the sport Mario games, like they they all feel different, right? They don't they don't feel necessarily like, oh, I can go from this one, go for this one, right? Like, uh, I'll I'll never forget the fact that uh, Street Ball, like NBA Street Ball, did a fucking collab with Nintendo to make a Mario version. And you know what? It was lit. Have you have you actually seen it? Have you played it? Yeah, I played it. Like once of my cousins, I'm like, yo, this is wild. Dude, you literally have it's like Mario with like normal humans, and he's like dunking. And I'm like, I never had it because I played Street Ball. I played Street Ball Two, or it was like Street Ball V Two, on um the PlayStation. But the GameCube version was with Mario characters, and it was so weird. It's just crazy to think, man. I mean, like the genre. I mean. There's so many different IPs that popped off through the years that just did their own fucking thing, and it was crazy, right? Yeah, like you know, <laughs> if you want like a major uh, company that pushed innovation, rare. Like, you know, this doesn't even look right. You see? Oh wait, that's the wrong tab. God damn it! Oh wait, it was Sheepball V3. <laughs> yeah. Yo. House of Pain, yeah, because Mario is in town. <laughs> like it's just crazy to be there. Yo, like, no, 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 no! You can't just have Shaquille O'Neal and Peach in the same matchup. That's what they did. That, 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 that it was like the weirdest thing. It was so weird. Oh man, this game's wild. It was so weird. It was like, who asked yo, for it, this? You'll bring, you'll bring back, the, bring this shit back. I want this wildness. No, honestly, if you want to talk about real innovation, the GameCube. That shit had a handle for you to carry around. Yo, 
Man, I miss, <laughs> I miss being a kid. It was just fun. Dude, yeah, everything now is practically... Nothing was... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, back then, things, things weren't practical. Things were more practical than they are now, right? Like, the GameCube... Oh, or do you know do you know about the Panasonic Q? Panasonic what? The Panasonic Q. No. Uh, switch that up. Panasonic Q. What the fuck is that? Uh, Panasonic my... was like, you know what, Nintendo? Let's let's work together. Let's. No, no, <laughs> let's no. Let's make a no, console. No. <laughs> Yo, what's wrong? <laughs> Yo, what? Dude, it's 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 actually its own console. Like they, de- Nintendo developed games specifically for this. It could play GameCube games, but it also had its own game, and it was a DVD player. It's Panasonic, remember, if, if you're having trouble sleeping at night, remember Panasonic tried to get into the console war. <laughs> what? And and they teamed up with fucking Nintendo. Yo, the fact I'm seeing the fact that I'm seeing a DVD player on GameCube hardware is giving me uh, like PTSD. Because it wasn't a GameCube. It could play GameCube games, but so, it... bro, you can't have GameCube slots in a GameCube right beside a fucking DVD player. That don't that don't sit. It's so small for a DVD player. How the fuck does it do anything? No, this thing this thing is big. Like this thing is like the size of a toaster. Yeah, it does look like a toaster. Dude, and you know, it's chrome too. Like it's super reflective. I think I could beat a man with this. Honestly, probably. The the funny thing is, this was only sold in Japan. Bro, only in Japan you can see this kind of wild. Oh, that yeah, the box is in English. <laughs> <laughs> only in Japan will they sell you like a product in a different language and expect you to buy it. Yo, and guess the best part is it wasn't region locked. Ba- oh, God. <laughs> Based. Based. Based cost. <laughs> Yeah, like again, when anytime you're having trouble sleeping at night, remember, Panasonic tried being into the console war. They were like, you know what? Well, we don't know how to do it. it, it I think it's like the corner. It's like GameCube inside, or like <laughs> I don't know. I think this, I think this shit was funny. Yeah, I think they just trapped a GameCube by a DVD player. That's what they did, dude. Nintendo, Nintendo collaborated with Streetball, which was. Who made Streetball again? EA. Mm, yeah, yeah. Nintendo collab with EA and Panasonic. Let the look. Think about that for a second. I can't. What the fuck's Panasonic here from Japan? Yeah, it's a Japanese company, isn't it? Panasonic. Oh, Matsushita Electric Company. <clears throat> Panasonic, nice. But uh, anything else you want to say about innovation in games before we go to our next topic? You know, go look up any like fucking history of gaming fucking video on YouTube, and you'll see how much we've like how far we come. And also, look at how many IPs that don't you don't see around anymore these days that were classics. Just another thought. Yeah, it actually looks smaller. I was gonna say, look at the Japanese version versus the the American, the, the North American. Oh no, no, no! You can't put Mario in the corner like that. 
it looks one looks like honestly one looks like Mario a Mario game featuring basketball and other ones like like basketball featuring it's like the uh featuring a uh, Funky Kong in the <laughs> Yo don't do this mine Funky Kong <laughs> Japan was like yo featuring NBA street ball No you've been joking so they just had featuring Jack in the corner not even any, like, not, not basketball, just Shaq. Only Shaq. I'm just imagining, like, that photo of Shaq smiling over you. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, I guess what I would say with innovation, uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's crazy. Like, in turn, we, video games have innovated not just in through equipment, or technology, but simply ideas, right? Just an idea that someone has, and I, think, I mean, I think it's not appreciated enough sometimes. I, I, it's weird. I put down the current industry, but at the same time, I can't fully say it's ass because it's just like you know, indie games have that crazy shit going on. Yeah, well, you don't see the level of craziness on AAA no more. Yeah, I mean, like even look at the GTA community, right? Like that community has been going on for years, and like. Like two years ago, they came really, really big with their whole like, you know, role playing servers. <laughs> hey, do you, you you literally have like no? At one point, it was like one of the biggest things on Twitch, the uh, GT Online role play. See, I know how like elaborate it got with bikers. I know how serious biker the fucking biker fucking the larpers took it. Yeah. Too bad. Uh, or take two nuke that. But um, I guess my next topic, the next topic, sequels. Is a sequel a sequel? Because I think if it's a sequel, it's a sequel. There's not. There's not really. What What's the difference between like a sequel and like a continuation? Is the sequel a continuation? Um. Well, I mean, that's kind of why we have, like, a prequel is technically a continuation of the story, just in a different direction. From a different angle, yeah. Right? A sequel is specifically the next chapter in that timeline of game, right? I mean, I mean, like, timeline, what sense? A narrative sense or, like, a development sense? Yeah. Well, okay, I, I should, I should like, uh, I, I'll give some context of, like, what, you know, what made me come up to this, this um, topic, right? So I'm on Twitter. Of course. Uh, As any great thinker, you spend your time on Twitter. This guy was basically... This guy had a thought. And and his thought, I didn't feel held held weight because there were... The only way for his thought to be, like, very valid would be to... uh, What would I say? Undermine other stuff, right? Basically, he was like, his argument as to why Persona 5 should be on every console is because Persona Q, or not Persona Q, Persona, what is it? Persona, what is it called again? Oh yeah, Persona Strikers is on um, every on pretty much every platform, right? And he was basically saying because this is a direct sequel, it there's no reason why it should, right? Now, obviously that logic doesn't work. 
right? It only, I don't even think it would be the first time where one game's, like, first game wasn't on, like, or the, the sequel was not on, like, the original console it was on or something, right? But other, also, other thing. Uh, not 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 the best take. <laughs> yeah, not, not another thing, right? My my whole point. So I basically messaged him like, "Yo, um, the issue is, um, Persona. You know, I basically said, well, it, if you look at Persona Four Arena, that's a direct sequel, and you, basically because it was a fighting game, it's not. Which to me doesn't make any sense. He he basically said that what what Breakers is uh, more of a sequel because. Of gameplay, which I can give I, okay. Here's the thing: I would give him that if Persona Strikers was the same exact format of Persona, but they're different. They're, they're just different. I, I was gonna say, like, um, just because it's a sequel in terms of like a number doesn't mean it's gonna show up on the same platform, right? Well, they're both sequels. The thing: they're both sequels. In, in name, right? Persona Four Arena and Persona Five Strikers are both sequels. In my in my opinion, they're both this you know the same level of sequel, right? I don't think the Switch can run P Five. Well, not even that, right? <clears throat> I I don't think so either. But people would be like, "Yo, look at S. Look, everyone's like, "Yo, look at Shimigami Tensei 5. And I'm like, That's "Okay, different. there. Okay, bud." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yo, I mean, SMT5... To be fair, I don't know how the fuck do they have the Witcher fucking... uh, with The Witcher 3 running on the Switch, but that's whatever. Let's not talk about what happened with Ark. Well... Yo, you don't know? What happened with Ark? I'll I'll say it after. That that was a train wreck. Um, But, yeah, so... Basically, you're saying a Warrior game is more closer to the original Persona game than... What are you on about? Which what? Me makes no sense. Like you're, you're like a warrior game what? is more similar <laughs> to a turn-based RPG, like JRPG, than a fighting game. Like to me, there there's three different genres. Like, am I wrong? You can't put a. But who, who, he. Who is- let, let me talk to him. Let me hold. Let me. Let me. Let me. Sit let, let me, let me you want to have a chat? <laughs> tell, tell yeah. I want, to, I, want to, I, want to, I want to give this man to sit down. Right. To, to me, it didn't make any sense though. Well, whoever they are. Yeah. I, anyways, it was around Christmas. I said, "Yo, it's Christmas. Happy holidays. Let's just agree to disagree, right?" No, um, because can't. like it wasn't really worth it, but I, I still felt like it's really weird. Do people feel like? Like, do people have different values in terms of a sequel? Because to me, it's like, if the story is connected, it is showing a progression of time. It is confirmed by the creators and the developers. Like, hey, yo, this is a sequel. Same level of story, right? Same quality of story. Same quality of connection. What does the gameplay have to do with rather it being a sequel or not, right? Especially, like, is one genre game, like, are... Okay, tell me if this makes sense. Are... And this is is basically the argument I felt like he was making. Are... (laughs) Are puzzle games more closely related to 
yeah, are puzzle games more closely related to um, sandbox games, or are FPS more related to um, <laughs> what tabletop games? Like, because yeah. basically saying like the genre games are like be- just because it's this genre of game, it is. Dan- is Dance Dance Revolution related to Mar? Alright. I just like like. To me, okay, like you've played warrior games. I played warrior games. I played one and I fucking hated it. Right? I, I played Gundam Warrior. Right? I liked it, right? Um I need to know. I need to know. Like It's not the same. What, it's not the what, same. Like, I just need to know. What connections do warrior games have with the you know, with a turn based game? Yeah, actually, you know the funny thing is I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give him credit. Persona is one of the few warrior games that's considered canon. I just need to know. Yeah, right. But like, okay, being, here's the thing: fucking... being canon in in Persona universe is not a. It's like, remember the dancing games are canon. Even the one where the fucking main character's dead. No, 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 no. They explain it. Same with Persona oh, Q. Oh yeah, they were the power dancing. Persona Q's canon. Back. You know that, right? <laughs> No, 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 no. But they hear the explanation with the power of dance. We brought this man back. <laughs> wait, do you do you wait? Do you want me to tell you the explanation that they gave? Is it funny? Um. Okay. So, so you know Persona Q, right? Yeah. So I forget what time, but there's a time where the main character is like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you remember, um, you know, I don't want to spoil Persona Three because I know. Persona's kind of getting it's like it's been getting a second flame, but you know the part where the main character kind of you know goes night night for a bit. Yeah, right. He's uh, like, he, he, for like a little bit. He takes a nap. Takes a bit of a nap. He, he's like out for a few. He's out for like a few days or something. Are you serious? It's something like that, right? But basically, during that time, um, is when the events of Persona Q. And the dancing game happened. So All of this, the direct sequel to Persona Q was fucking dancing all night. No, 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 no. It's just canon. It's it's, it's just fucking canon. It's fucking canon. Fuck you, it's, Atlas. It's canon, <laughs> Fuck you, Atlas. Dude, it's it's canon. They, 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 they well, dancing all night. I'm not too sure what there was, but I know for Persona Q. Um, let me check. So we're going to wrap this up real quickly because I just feel like hanging myself now. Yeah, Persona Q is considered canon. Um, it's, it's during a time when the main character falls asleep. I forget what part it was. I was thinking I was thinking it was a certain part, but I realized, oh, wait, no, that's not what happened. Um, but yeah. That for for you to feel better at night, remember Persona Q is a canon game. It That's is, okay, I can live with that. Right, but um, but yeah, no. So here's the thing: I can't live with this bum boy. And... No, that's a bit too rude. <laughs> um, no, like I understand. I understand the logic. Like here's the thing: I understand. He he was someone who wanted he wanted to feel justified in why he he the reason why Persona Five should be like people have been asking for Persona Five to be on like fucking people want the people want persona 5 on the fucking like atari at this point right like you know you know todd howard has ported <laughs> port 
Dude, he, more games. Dude, Todd Howard, Todd Howard is more likely to port fucking Skyrim to Persona, into Persona Five. Than no, he's gonna. Here's gonna do. He's gonna be like, okay, next Atlas game, I want Skyrim to show up for just a second. Or actually, no, just put a whole port in there, please. Do it. I'll pay you. And Atlas is like, I don't understand the strange white man who's telling me about Sky or this weird game. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, I don't know. Like, what, what's your opinion on this? Because I, I feel like. I think this we, I, I honestly don't think that one sequel should be more than another. I, I don't think genres should uh, like like, like I said, genres relationship matter. Like they're fucking. They genres. don't. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why. No, no. This man. This man. Whack. His hair. Wet. No. Right. It, it's kind of like okay. Sand. It's like adventure games and sandbox games. Are they related? They can be, but I not mean, really. Like not, no, that you can't. That is, that is using the most thin of criteria as an excuse. Yeah, it's like, okay, like is someone gonna call? Imagine someone. Imagine if someone goes up to you and like, "Yo, Minecraft, it's an RPG." Well, I mean, okay, if well, Minecraft was an RPG, they wouldn't have made an RPG Minecraft game. Did they? Yeah, the I think it's like Minecraft Stories or something. Wasn't that the fucking Telltale one? No, they made like um, didn't, they made like an open dungeon something like uh, like a, a random dungeon randomizer game too. Oh, so they just made a fucking mystery dungeon without calling it mystery dungeon. Yeah, right. And, and that's that's the thing I'm wondering is like um, you know, taken my definition of a roguelike for fucking almost a de- more than a decade was fucking mystery dungeon. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fine, that's fine. But yeah, well, but... by the way, they made two good mystery dungeons. The first era and the second era. That's it. I only knew Mystery Dungeon through Pokemon. I'm talking about Pokemon. Oh, okay. Because you told me there was other Mystery Dungeon games. I'm like, I've never heard of them. Uh, this, this is fucking joke about one, if you believe that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I, from the t- the day I die, there's only Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. It's it's a unique thing. Do you tell me Chinsoft makes other games? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? What are, what are you saying? What are, well, what are you saying? But but one thing I'd ask you, like, would you would you say that one sequel can be less than another sequel? Less in what sense? Like, it's a shittier game. No, but it's just like, is one sequel less important than a different sequel? Like, yeah, in, yeah, but more context. Because, like, I think like it's like this, right? Like, this is how I look at it, right? What if a game makes a sequel that's like an RPG, like a DLC, right? It's just smaller. It's like, instead of, a, let's say it's like a sequel, but it's like a short story sequel. It's kind of like how, like, you know, how sometimes like animes and shows will have like specials or OVA. It's like, it's not really a sequel, but let's say it was. Let's say it's like a time skip. And like, okay, it's kind of showing you, showing you insight on what these people are doing, right? That's still technically a sequel, right? Yeah. But I generally feel like when people use the term sequel, they're trying to say something of like the same level of like the first one of the original. Right. And I think usually when we're talking about sequels, we're generally talking about like story or mechanics and stuff like that. Right. Because yeah, you know, if you're looking at Modern Warfare, like let's go back to Call of Duty. Right. There's Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3. Right. Is... Call of Duty Four and Call of Duty Five, are, is Call of Duty Five like the a sequel to 
Modern Warfare 4? It's not. No, it's not. It's just it's, a sequel in name rather than narrative. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 not, right? But Modern Warfare 1 and 2, same characters. See, that's, the that's, of a story. that's the kind of stuff that only happens with games, I swear. Because like, you don't see like a book series doing like a sequel. But it's not like a direct narrative sequel. Because usually if you're doing like a fucking series, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be in like a chronology. chronology. Okay, I think the thing that like bothered me about what the person said was for him to discredit my point, it wasn't, he couldn't, like the thing, he agreed with me that it had story, that it had the same level of story, same level of connectivity. His, his assessment of why it wasn't as much of a sequel was the gameplay, which to me, even now thinking about it, like it, it blows my mind because I, I just don't understand how Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the one who looks like an idiot. I think but I'm you're like, being, I, I just think you're too hard and generous with the other person. I I just can't figure out how his only way to discredit me was gameplay rather than story. Is I mean, gameplay least, important to a sequel? It can be. I mean, at least it's, a different genre. it's a different genre. At least he didn't attack your character to discredit you. Oh yeah, no, I, I hate when people do that. Like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, why, bro? bro <laughs> I disagree bro. with you. <laughs> you're fucking stupid. Why? Well, well, why am I stupid? You're just fucking. <laughs> this is great comment I saw. Like a section where it's like, you know, you know jack shit, bro. Blah blah blah. And the dude gives like a fucking paragraph and like an essay, and he's like, well, anyways, you're wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you talking? Just shut up. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I, anytime if I ever get into an argument, so I never attack someone's character. It, it to me, it makes no sense. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about in, See, in like, this I situation. Don't character in person, as a real man should. <laughs> yeah, like in this situation, he had a certain opinion. I think his opinion was flawed. I just expressed those right, and I felt like his reasoning for saying didn't really make sense. Right, I feel like. If he could, like, realistically, yeah. If he could have uh, explained it to me in a way where I'm like, okay, you know, you have a point. But when he literally just said, well, it's a warrior game. It's more connected to this, this like, turn-based JRPG slash dating slim slash whatever you want to call it, right? I'm like, huh? What? I don't know. I don't... Bro, what are you saying? Yeah, it's like... It's like uh, I'm like, because like, it's like, I, I own Persona 5 Strikers. It, uh, there's no, what gameplay is similar? Like, like at the end of the day, right? Like, let's, like, again, let's, going from a microscope, this is a fucking turn-based JRPG. If this was like, maybe, okay, maybe if this was like a, an action JRPG, maybe I would give him a little bit more leeway. But this shit's a turn-based JRPG. Like, it's a turn-based, like... What does that have to do with Warrior? Is there any turn-based thing in fucking Warrior? Don't you just smash buttons and hit a crowd? <laughs> like... Maybe, you know, wait, Jesse, maybe we're wrong. Maybe... Maybe... Maybe Warrior games have innovated. They're, they're no longer Warrior games. Yo, you, you there? I'm just... 
I, I don't see why it's a problem. Why, why is this a problem? I'm just confused. But, uh, yeah, what, what, what do you think about sequels? I'm just, you know, sequels are sequels. They, they can come in any shape, way, or form, right? Yeah. Especially with gaming. you Anything you can take to be how it is is never necessarily how it will be. Which sounds like a complete nonsensical statement, but I don't give a shit. Uh, I mean, anytime, remember, anytime you're feeling that bad, remember, Guilty Gear, Pachinko Machine is canon. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking hurt somebody. I'm gonna hurt somebody. Dude, it's Daisuke's vision. Well, Daisuke, Daisuke is a madman. He's great with the guitar, though. Yo, man, I, I, I'll never get over the fact that Daisuke is a proud represent, a proud ambassador of South Africa. The the only South African Japanese man that I know. Are we talking about apartheid South Africa or uh, not? Uh, I I was joking. I know you're you're joking, right? But I I want to make sure if Daisuke wasn't out here, it's like, oh, guys, look, I'm going to do something crazy. (laughs) I just find it crazy. Like, how does a Japanese man? He's 48. How? How he he was born in 1973. How does he end up? How how does his parents end up in? Uh... Why why are they in South Africa? Why do you want to go there? I can pick several other African countries that I would prefer to be. He was well, born in South Africa in 1973. This man's almost 50. What was his parents doing in South Africa in the 70s? What fuck if I know, man? So, uh, <laughs> so I, I suppose we can end it off at this note because I don't know what else to say at this point. I'm flabbergasted again. Uh, we were going to talk about something else, but I was like, you know what? We, we, we'll, we'll talk about it for next next uh, next episode. Yeah, the, 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 that'll be our sequel. <laughs> oh yeah, our sequel, the the continuation of oh, the continuation. So let's hope uh, a more fruitful year with us. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to promote this. This podcast better to like. We also have to look into live streams. We'll do a test stream. I wonder how this is going to work. We'll see. We'll see how it works. We'll see how it works. All right, then. Uh, so you, here we have, uh, we'll be signing off today. Here I have with me my host. Yo, you know who this is? <laughs> Dante. From the southern part of Ontario. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of places. Yeah, I know. But hello, and, hello, uh, Jesse from southern Ontario. Hello, hello, John Dante from Ontario. <laughs> uh, oh, I actually have a funny story, but I'll tell you after. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, I think that's about it. Take care. Yep.